Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doing the Thing podcast. This is Philip Macko speaking, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and buddy, Jason Madden. How are you, bud? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing today? I am doing good, which uh, for a Monday for me is surprising because usually I wake up like, damn it, the weekend's over. (laughs) (laughs) But not so today. And partly because, you know, and Jason and I were talking offline before we started recording, um, I got admittedly lazy through COVID. And then, like so many of you listening, you probably, you know, formulated your New Year's resolutions. And one of them was to get a little bit more active and get back into my fitness routine. And man, you know, the energy level today from working out the past three weeks is off, you know, off the charts. And, you know, it got me to thinking that uh, Jason is so well experienced in the world of fitness and health. And certainly I, you know, have some insights as well. And what we thought we'd talk about today is, oh, look, if you're in that position where, you know, you're trying to get back into a different lifestyle and a more active lifestyle, and maybe like many Americans, you went to the gym beginning in January, or you got your home exercise equipment, you made all your muscles sore, you limped around for a few days, and you're at that place of either forming a habit or falling away from that habit. So we talk a little bit about, you know, how to keep yourself engaged and the importance of doing so. So that's what we'll be chatting about today. I hope you all enjoy it. Yeah, and I'm excited about it because I, you know, not a lot of people know that I, I used to have a fitness company, I used to do online training uh, for folks. And uh, we even had, you know, semi-pro rugby teams under our umbrella that we would uh do the strength training programs for. We would write it for them virtually. This is like pre before COVID. We were one of the first ones out there doing, you know, virtual training programs and virtual coaching and stuff like that. Um, so it's always exciting to kind of dive back into fitness and talk about it a little bit. You know, I might be a little rusty. My my a my um, what was it? The um, ISSA certification is long expired and I don't plan to renew my personal training certification anytime soon, but I do train myself and I do offer advice to others, like my friends and family and stuff like that all the time. Um, but uh, it's, it's always been a passion. It's always been a passion and it's something that, you know, keeps me going. If I was not doing something physical every single day, I would just feel so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, completely. And, you know, Jason and I have maybe one or two years between us. Full disclosure, I'll be turning 60 in April this year. And once you cross the threshold of 40, um, a couple things begin to happen. Uh, Sarcopenia, um, muscles begin to atrophy a little bit more. Bones, you know, lose their density a little bit more. And unless you are engaging yourself, you run the risk of kind of declining and that declination advances in your fifties and then into your sixties. And unless you have a good core, uh, you know, strength regimen to fight that back, when you get into your seventies, you run the risk of being feeble and not being able to move around and do the things you want to do. But, you know, that all starts with, a mindset and mentality in your 30s and 40s. So, Jason, thinking about all the people you've worked with and coached over your career, what's some advice you can give people that are trying to get back into a more active lifestyle? Yeah, so it's it's you know it's about habits. You kind of mentioned that a little bit, and it takes a while to develop a habit. So so doing things that are um, 
you know, incrementally uh, more intrusive upon your, your normal day to day. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the um, things in fitness that's, that's um, that most coaches work on is called periodization. And that's starting out really easy, low impact, lightweights, low volume, and, and then gradually increasing that intensity over the course of time. And you could actually, you could actually, um, you can actually apply that to all tenets of your life, really, when you think about it, you know, because you get all the way up to that peak intensity. What do you do? You go back down the ladder a little bit so you can recover. So you incrementally go back down. So you're starting to look like an EKG chart a little bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. But that's how you stay sustainable for a really long time. You can't be sustainable going balls to the wall every single day on your workouts. You know, think about the future. You know, think about think about your body as having a gas tank and leaving a little bit of gas for your next workout the next day. You know, you don't necessarily have to go full intensity because when you start out that way, especially after a layoff, it, you, you probably only have three or four weeks in you before you kind of stop and forget about it for a couple months and then start all over again. You know, so having that periodization in your life and you could do it with your diet too. You know, you could start out, um, you know, just taking a little thing, taking one bad thing away per day. You know, and, and then and then the next week, you know, you add a little bit more protein and you keep that one thing out. And then the next week you you take out some more fat and the next week, maybe carbohydrates, depending on your physical fitness goal. Because I'm not the type of person that thinks that you don't that you should be low carb or anything like that. I think carbs are actually very, very good for you. It's 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 a balance in your diet that that matters the most that that protein, fat and um, carbohydrate, you know, ratio, and it all depends on your fitness goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you touched on a couple really valuable things. So we're going to explore that a little bit further. Um, the one thing I would say is, you know, being in my later 50s, my mind still sees me as a 30 year old athlete, that's, you know, doing clean and jerk and bench press. And unless I remind myself to meet myself where I am today, and incrementally create some gains, all I'm gonna do is really just tear up my muscles, be in a lot of pain for a few days, not exercise, really be pissed at myself for how much pain I put myself in, hobble around for a while, and then not do it, right? So what what is your advice about, you know, this incremental periodization, if I said that word correctly? Periodization, how do you yeah. Assess, yeah. How do you assess yourself for where you are so that you can start those incremental gains? Yeah, I mean, you there, there's literature everywhere on on how to kind of do that, but um, definitely, if if you're if you're older, definitely don't go back to thirty year old you and, and go into it. Uh, that's just a recipe for injury, and you know. As you know, the older you get, and I'm experiencing it myself, the older you get, the longer it takes to recover. So be easy on yourself. Um, do, you know, if you used to deadlift 400 pounds, like maybe start out with 135 and assess it. <laughs> you know, do, do two sets of 135 at, you know, eight or nine reps or eight to 10 reps or something like that. And that's not necessarily the rep scheme I'd really recommend for everybody. But, you know, when you're trying to assess your strength level and stuff like that, you, you want to have a couple, and I'm talking about just weightlifting in general, by the way, 
you want to have a couple of weightlifting sessions where you just kind of, maybe you're going through a workout, you have a workout plan that you want to do and you want to assess what weights to set on there. Do a few workouts, you know, maybe go through that first full week of your, your training plan at maybe 50% of what you think you can do. And that way, that following week, you can start adding the weights incrementally, you know, incrementally adding those weights. You know, I, you know, I could probably, you know, I don't want to, you know, brag about the weights that I can do and stuff like that on here. But like really at the beginning of my periodization cycle, I'll usually do about six weeks of a training program before I, I change it up and I start from a smaller, um, you know, you know, weightlifting or volume or, you know, intensity ratio. So that small intensity ratio, I might find myself only, you know, bench pressing or squatting or deadlifting 60% of what I can actually do. And then I'll add the weights the next week, add more weights the next week until that almost the last two weeks of that, that, that cycle, I'm really starting to lift some really heavy stuff and, and doing some really gnarly things. But that's only like two weeks of doing that before I'm going back down for a rest. And that means I don't have to take like a week off. I don't have to take a month off to recover from that because I'm I'm doing those cycles. Mm, yeah, interesting. And um, as it relates to, well, first of all, you know, we're talking about weightlifting and that is an important and excellent place to start. And, you know, um, Two of my dearest friends in the world, Jeff and Mickey Martin, owners of the Brandex um, method, uh, advocate, you know, taking a broomstick at first and learning the, the motions of deadlifting and some of the other movements, but not using any weights at all and really mastering the movement to make sure that you're engaging the correct muscles. Um, I would agree. And I think that's an important first step. But a lot of people don't realize, too, they tend to think of cardio as getting on a treadmill or an elliptical. But weightlifting is actually cardio too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it really depends on 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 your set and rep scheme as well. But even after like a, a set of you know three or four reps at a heavy enough weight, I'm I'm huffing and puffing. <laughs> you know, it's uh, and it, go ahead. No, and why is it important to huff and puff? Well, it's it's exercising your energy systems, so. So um, weightlifting primarily works your, your phosphagen energy system. So, so you're going off of like creatine and your uh, glycogen and, 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 you know, stuff that you're getting from food. Those are the kind of energy systems that you're kind of going off of when you lift weights. Cardio, you're going off of oxygen. Uh, if you're doing a sustained cardio rate under, under 80%, your, your, your energy system is actually oxygen. And so you doing cardio is actually really important for weightlifting too, so that you can be more efficient with your oxygen usage, you know, and, and people will tell you like too much cardio is going to affect your weight training. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah, sure. That's probably it. But you want to, so you want to have, you want to approach it effectively. Like for, for my cardio stuff, I do, I do walks, I do weighted walks, like ruck, rucking, you know, I'll put 60, 70 pounds on my back and, you know, walk a couple miles, Oh, and, and then, you know, when I really want to really increase my capacity, I'll do sprints, I'll do Tabatas or something like that. And, but I only do them like two or three times a week because it this starts to affect everything else. It starts to affect the martial arts. It starts to affect the weightlifting. So you really have to find some good balance. And, and if you're just a cardio person and you want to focus on cardio and, and complement it through weightlifting, 
do it, flip it around, do your weightlifting two or three times a week easily, you know, with higher rate uh, reps and lower sets so that can kind of complement your cardio and, and kind of go with that. And, you know, they both complement each other. You shouldn't do one over the other. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, I'm a big advocate and we've talked about it on the show before the book mind rules by John Medina gets into, and it was written for the educational system to really advocate to get students up standing and moving. And the theory behind it uh, really applies to this conversation as well. It says that there are primitive parts of our brain, right? And our brain has evolved over the evolution of history, but those primitive parts are stimulated by movement because movement was survival on the savannas, right? If you didn't move, then a big saber-toothed tiger might eat you. So as you began to move, your brain was stimulated, and it's no different today. So as we think about exercise routines, we've talked about starting small um, in terms of movement, walking, maybe walking weighted, then into jogging, then into sprints is a good progression. But it is important to get movement coupled with weight training for those, you know, muscle loss and bone density loss kinds of issues that we experience later in life, right? Absolutely. Um, and it's it is proven that um, weight training and, and, and stabilizing a weighted load actually increases your bone density and your bone mass as well as your muscles. So don't think you're just building, um, you know, a, a lot of spongy mass on top of a, a, a brittle frame. You're actually, you're actually building stronger bones at the same time. So that, that alludes to, you know, continuing to fuel that body with, with good food while you're at it, you know? So it, it, it all kind of comes together. And I, I said something I don't necessarily agree with. Don't, don't, don't emphasize one thing or the other. I didn't necessarily mean that, you know, for everybody, obviously everybody has their own different goals. So, so focus on the things that you have the goals you know, if you want to be a really fast runner, you want to be a 5K runner, you want to do a marathon or something like that. Like I said before, complement that with some weights. Um, and, and then vice versa, if you want to be a strong lifter, you know, obviously you want to focus on those weights and, and, and maximize your recovery with easy cardio, easier cardio with that occasional, you know, high intensity so that you can build your capacity more. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to the idea of periodization, I think it's just so critical because, look, I was one of those people that, you know, I've been highly active my entire life, trained martial arts, done weightlifting, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then I found myself during the pandemic exercising only my thumb with the remote watching Netflix, right? And maybe some listeners are in that same space. And so, you know, how do you get yourself off the couch? Maybe you create a reward system where you say, in order to watch a movie, I have to do five laps around my house today if you're starting from zero, right? And then maybe the week after it becomes 10. And maybe you say, I'm going to walk around my block and a reward is a 30-minute segment of XYZ, right? And that's kind of the way that you begin. Absolutely. And and even I do, you know, do that still to this day even though i've become into habit mode with with my my fitness routines and things like that you know which it takes a couple years to get to that point right to actually develop a habit probably takes two plus years especially on the fitness side so you got to be sustainable for the long run and one of the things that i do is um, you know i really love craft beer I love craft beer and I like whiskey. <laughs> so I I will hold off 
Monday through Friday from having actually Sunday through Friday uh, from actually having any of those kinds of beverages and stuff like that. Now I'll reward myself on the weekends, you know, with a couple of beers, you know, I don't exceed, you know, unless I'm hanging out with Phil out in California, I don't exceed <laughs> more than three in one sitting unless it's a special social occasion, but anything more than three, you're kind of doing yourself a, a disservice. And this is for anybody that's, that drinks alcohol during the week. Uh, you know what the first thing your body processes when you're when you're drinking alcohol is ethanol. No, it's the first thing your body processes. So if you're eating like really well throughout the day, you're having clean clean proteins, great carbohydrates from good sources, you know, good fats and things like that, and, and you and you breach that three drink point. And I'm talking about three 12 ounce drinks of a beer, four ounces with wine, one ounces with, or one and a half ounces with uh, like liquor and stuff like that. Once you breach that point, your body stops processing those good nutrients that you had throughout the day and immediately starts processing that ethanol. And, and that's, mm. that's doing your body a really big disservice, especially if you're, if you're having like a really great workout and you need those nutrients to recover it's going to stop. And that's why that's part of the reason why we feel like shit in the morning after we drink. It's not only that, that dehydration and things like that, but we're, we're not processing our, you know, our body's nutrients properly. Interesting. Yeah. That is something to think about. And again, you know, we have lived through an exceptional period of time where COVID took away all of the things that we would love to do. And maybe we had routines where we went to the gym or, you know, went out into a public park or whatever we did and those things changed and so many of us fell away from that habit and as a result of the isolation found new habits in bottles of wine or bottles of whiskey and whatever that may be oh me 100 percent. and you know that point of crossing the threshold of three drinks so incrementally if you can keep yourself below that reward yourself when you really worked out hard, but don't over reward yourself. Don't go into four and five and, you know, stay within that threshold. You're going to allow your body to recover more effectively too. That's a great tip. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and just like with the world the way it is today, I, I feel like the pandemic might be winding down a little bit. This, this current strain isn't really as deadly as, as the past, but you still want to, and this is something that they're not focusing on as much, but is, is prevention. And that's the cheapest medical tool out there is, is prevention. So exercising, eating right, that's going to improve your immunity, you know? So, so that's actually going to give you that extra layer of protection moving forward as well. So, so think about that, you know, think about things that, you know, when you're thinking about things that protect your family and stuff like that, and they're and, and, you know, mass vaccines, you got all that kind of stuff, but nothing's ever really going to trump your natural immunity. And if you're able to bolster that as much as possible, then, then why not, you know? And, 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 yep. Yeah. Outstanding. And, you know, this was a really energizing session, and it makes me want to go out and work out. Unfortunately, I have a meeting coming up, and then one after that. Not unfortunately. I'm very grateful and thankful. But um, tonight's the exercise routine. But I think maybe next week, uh, since we touched on exercise fundamentals, maybe next week we get into nutrition. Sure. I'd love to. And, and, you know, how do you feed the muscle correctly? And at the different phases of your progressions from when you're just getting off the couch and walking through when you're engaging weights and all those things, what's important to consider to feed your body to make sure you support your efforts, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to talk about that because we're, we're like a self-development and business podcast. And, and when you're talking about self-development, the number one thing is can, keeping your body healthy, you know, and that's going to affect your mind. That's going to affect your performance. That's going to affect so many different things. So even if things aren't going the way that you want them to, and you're still able to keep that under control and keep your body healthy, you're going to build that resiliency. That's going to carry you forward for years to come. hundred percent. And yeah, if you're faced with challenges, find successes wherever you can and build on those successes. And healthy mind, body, and spirit help you have the energy to do that. So excellent conversation, Jason. Really glad we picked that one apart. And next week, we'll talk a little bit more about nutrition and some of the other aspects. I love it, man. Looking forward to it. Awesome, buddy. Enjoy the day. And I hope everybody enjoyed the um, session today. And if you do, please like and share. Please do. See you guys.